A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gather around the campfire, folks. We got another spine. Chilling story for you all on the old Montana cowboy pop. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Podcast. I'm Merle. This time, among other stories, we're following a brave park ranger as they track down a mysterious beast known as the Dogman. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears perked, because you never know what's lurking in them deep woods. My name is Charles Morgan, and I've been a police officer for over 20 years. I've seen it all from petty theft to murder, but nothing prepared me for what happened in the quiet suburban area of Crescent Heights. This is my story. It began with a sudden surge of paranormal disturbances that sent the community into a frenzy. People were reporting levitating objects, ghostly apparitions, and strange noises that echoed through the night. I had always been a skeptic when it came to the supernatural, but the sheer number of incidents made it impossible to ignore. Faced with an unprecedented situation, 
the local police force formed a special unit called the Poltergeist Patrol. I was tasked with leading this unit and investigating the inexplicable cases that were flooding in. Many of our fellow officers thought we were chasing shadows and wasting our time, but our resolve was only strengthened by the strange encounters we experienced firsthand. One night, my team and I were called to a house where a family claimed to be tormented by an unseen force. As we entered, the temperature dropped suddenly, and an eerie silence filled the air. We watched in disbelief as a chair moved across the room on its own, and an unearthly wail echoed through the house. It was clear that we were dealing with something far beyond our understanding. As we continued to investigate the paranormal disturbances, we uncovered a dark secret that linked the events to an ancient curse. According to local legend, Crescent Heights was built on the site of a witch's execution, and her dying words were a curse that would bring chaos and destruction to the town. Determined to protect the people of Crescent Heights, we sought the help of a renowned historian and occult expert, Dr. Amelia Grayson. With her guidance, we learned about the rituals and artifacts needed to break the curse and put an end to the paranormal activity plaguing the town. Armed with this knowledge, my team and I performed the complex ritual at the heart of Crescent Heights, where the witch's execution had taken place centuries ago. The air crackled with energy and a sense of dread hung heavy over us, but we pressed on, our determination unwavering. As we reached the climax of the ritual, a sudden flash of light filled the night sky, and a deafening roar echoed through the air. We could feel the curse lifting and the dark energy dissipating. We had succeeded in breaking the curse and saving Crescent Heights from the supernatural forces that had threatened to consume it. In the days that followed, the paranormal disturbances ceased, and life in Crescent Heights returned to normal. The Poltergeist Patrol was disbanded, but our experiences had changed us forever. We had faced the unknown and emerged victorious, gaining not only the respect of our peers, but also a newfound understanding of the world beyond our own. As for me, I'll never forget the time I spent leading the Poltergeist Patrol. It showed me that there are forces beyond our comprehension, and that sometimes the most important battles are fought in the shadows. As a park ranger, Sarah had heard plenty of stories about Bigfoot sightings in the area. She always dismissed them as nothing more than tall tales, until one night when she had an encounter that she couldn't explain. Sarah was doing her rounds, checking the trails and campsites when she heard a strange noise. It was a low guttural growl that made the hairs on the back of her neck stand up. She shone her flashlight around but couldn't see anything in the darkness. Suddenly, she heard a loud snap and turned to see a massive creature standing before her. It was a bipedal brown Bigfoot, towering over her at nearly eight feet tall. Its eyes glowed in the beam of her flashlight, and she could see its powerful muscles rippling beneath its fur. Sarah tried to back away slowly, but the creature took a step forward, blocking her path. She could feel the fear creeping up inside her as the creature bared its teeth, growling menacingly. Just when Sarah thought she was done for, the creature suddenly turned and ran off into the forest. She stood there trembling and trying to catch her breath 
wondering what had just happened. Over the next few days, Sarah couldn't shake the feeling that she was being watched. She heard strange noises and saw shadows moving in the trees. She even found large footprints in the dirt, confirming that what she had seen was real. Finally, she decided to do some research on Bigfoot sightings in the area. To her surprise, she found that there were dozens of reports of sightings, and even encounters like hers. Sarah continued her work as a park ranger, but she always kept her eyes and ears open for any signs of the mysterious creature. She knew that the forest held many secrets, and that she had just scratched the surface of what lay hidden within its depths. I and my husband were driving down Cabbage Patch, a narrow gravel road near Pine Thicket, looking for deer when husband said, What is that? I looked and said, What the heck is that? I saw a large brown object slightly bent over as if to pick up something. It raised straight upon two legs, had long arms, broad shoulders, and stood about seven to eight foot tall. Very hairy. About that time it ran into the pine thicket with the speed of lighting. We were about twenty to thirty yards from it. We went back to the site the next morning, and we found a small footprint about eight inches long, and a big footprint about thirteen inches long inside of where we seen it. We found some hair on a fence, and metal poles that had been stepped on and bent over the fence was pulled up off the post and bottom fence all the way to the ground. We found a persimmon in the area. That it was seen, and there was no persimmon tree nowhere around. The sightening was about 1.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. It was about a one and a half a mile from my house. I am twenty and me and my buddies enjoy late night walks on the trails within the various conservation areas in my region of southwestern Ontario. Late last week we decided to check out an area called Pleasant Valley. To my knowledge this area has a deep-rooted history with the Underground Railroad. Indigenous peoples, as well as the War of 1812, if I am not mistaken, given its proximity to Lake Erie. We entered the woods at about 2 a.m., and immediately upon entering, I was overcome with a bad feeling, and after walking for some time, the feeling progressively worsened until we reached two bent trees in an X over the pack. My one buddy pointed out the fact that it's bad juju to go underneath, and we should just call it a night as we all felt watched. As soon as we turn around and start to head back, the entire forest seemed dramatically quieter, we all hear a loud, distinctively human whistle behind us, almost like how you would call a dog over. There is no way anyone could have been out there at that hour, and there is no homes in close enough proximity for someone to be out and about. We all ran, and I was honestly terrified, me and my friends were all relatively big guys, and we are all comfortable in the woods, so it takes a lot to get us running low. I was driving back home from my friend's place in rural western Minnesota around 1-2 a.m. I was driving through this area that's about three-fourths of a mile long that's just a long canopy of dense trees. Dark even in the day but at night it's pitch black. You can barely see 20 feet in front of you even with high beams on. Anyway, driving, 
About six feet away from the side of the road, one hundred feet ahead of me, I see something that looks wrong in a way I can't explain. You know when something doesn't make sense to you or you know something isn't right? Like the parasympathetic feeling we get when we see someone break their ankle, we know it isn't supposed to bend that way, so it gives us the heebie-jeebies. It was like that, but I wasn't sure why until I was thirty feet away from it. It was this coyote standing on its hind legs and was way too tall to be an actual coyote standing upright. Coyotes are the size of a very small lab, like fifty pounds on a good day of that. This thing was at least six feet standing. It made me feel nauseous just looking at it. It was too tall and its face was wrong. It looked humanoid, the same way we recognize human faces as being human. I had that feeling like I was looking at a person, but it wasn't totally human. It reminded me of cat-eye syndrome, but at least that is explainable. This wasn't. Anyway, I spent way too long being as close as I was to that thing as it stared at me, but I gunned it out of there and locked the hell out of my house. When I got home, despite being around twenty miles away from where I saw it, I know what it was, but it freaked the fuck out of me. I am a highway, a Native American, born and raised in a small village deep in the forest. I have always been at home in the woods, but I never imagined that one day I would be fighting for my life against an unknown creature. It happened on a dark and stormy night. I had been out hunting for food when I heard a strange noise. At first I thought it was just the wind, but then I saw it. A creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. It was large and hulking, with eyes that glowed in the darkness. It moved with an eerie grace, and I knew instinctively that it was not something I wanted to mess with. But before I could even think of what to do, the creature attacked me. It came at me with a fury, its claws slashing through the air. I fought back as best I could, using my bow and arrows to try and fend it off. But it was no use. Mm. The creature was too powerful, and it overpowered me easily. Just as I thought it was all over for me, the creature suddenly stopped attacking. It looked at me with its glowing eyes, and then it simply disappeared into the darkness. I was left lying on the forest floor, shaken and confused. What was that creature in? Why had it attacked me? And why had it suddenly stopped? just as it seemed like it was about to finish me off. For weeks after the attack, I searched the forest for any sign of the creature, but I found nothing. It was as if it had never existed in the first place, but I knew that I had not imagined it. The wounds on my body were proof enough that something had attacked me that night. Years passed, and I continued to live in the forest, always on the lookout for any sign of the creature that had nearly killed me. But it never appeared again, and I was left with nothing but my confusion and fear. To this day I still wonder what that creature was, and why it had attacked me. Was it simply defending its territory, or was there something more sinister at play? I may never know the truth, but I will always remember that dark and stormy night, and the creature that left me shaken and confused. I had been a park ranger for years, and I thought I had seen it all. 
But one night, deep in the heart of the forest, I encountered something that shook me to my core. I was on my nightly patrol, checking on the park's inhabitants and making sure everything was running smoothly. That's when I saw it. A dark figure lurking in the shadows with two glowing eyes that seemed to pierce through the darkness. As I got closer, I realized it was a Bigfoot, but not like any I had ever seen before. It was taller than any man I had ever seen with broad shoulders and long arms that hung down past its knees. Its fur was a deep, dark brown, almost black, and it seemed to shimmer in the moonlight. But it was the eyes that really caught my attention. They were a bright, glowing green, and they seemed to look right through me. I froze, unsure of what to do next. The creature let out a low growl, and I could feel the vibrations of its voice in my chest. I took a step back, but it didn't seem to be aggressive. It just stood there, staring at me with those eerie, glowing eyes. After a few moments, the Bigfoot turned and vanished into the forest, leaving me alone in the dark. I reported the sighting to my superiors, but they didn't believe me. They said it was just my imagination, or that I had seen a bear or a trick of the light. But I knew what I had seen. That Bigfoot was real, and it was out there lurking in the shadows of the forest. And I couldn't shake the feeling that it was watching me, waiting for its chance to reveal itself once again. I was a park ranger in the Ozarks, and I loved the beauty of the mountains and the tranquility of the deep woods. The sun was setting, casting a warm golden light over the landscape, as I received a distress call from a park visitor. They said that something strange was happening in the woods, and I knew that I had to check it out. As I drove my jeep through the dense forest, I could feel a sense of unease settle over me. The trees were tall and ancient, their branches reaching up to the sky like twisted fingers. The air was thick with the scent of pine and moss, and the rustling of leaves was the only sound that broke the silence. I arrived at the location of the distress call, and as I stepped out of my jeep, I heard a low growl. I spun around, my hand reaching for my flashlight, but I saw nothing. Suddenly, a figure leapt out of the shadows and attacked me, and I realized that I was facing a creature I had never seen before. It was a monster, a twisted, deformed thing with razor-sharp claws and glowing red... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
red eyes. I fought for my life, dodging and weaving as the creature attacked me again and again. I managed to grab my gun and shoot it, but it only made it angrier. It howled in rage and then disappeared into the woods. I was confused and frightened, and I had no idea what had just attacked me. I called for backup, and soon a team of rangers arrived to search the woods. But we found nothing, no sign of the creature, no trace of its attack. The only evidence was the torn fabric of my shirt and the bruises on my body. I knew that the Ozarks were full of mysteries and secrets, but I never imagined that there was something like this lurking in the woods. I was determined to find out what had attacked me and why, but I knew that I was facing a dangerous and deadly enemy. The woods had become a place of terror, and I was no longer sure if I was safe. Days passed, and a team of scientists and wildlife experts were brought in to investigate the strange creature. The woods were scoured for any signs of the monster, but there was no trace of it. As the days went by, more and more people began to report strange sightings and attacks, and it was clear that there was something dangerous and unpredictable in the woods. Some said that it was a monster, while others claimed that it was a ghost or a demon. I was still haunted by my encounter with the creature, and I felt a deep sense of responsibility to protect the park and its visitors. I knew that I had to find a way to stop the monster before it could hurt anyone else. So I began to do my own research, consulting with Native American elders and local hunters who had lived in the area for generations. They told me stories of a mysterious beast that was said to roam the Ozarks, a monster that was half man and half beast. They called it the Skookum, and it was said to be a creature of evil with a thirst for human flesh. I was skeptical at first, but as I dug deeper I began to realize that there might be some truth to the legends. I pieced together the clues, and finally I had a plan. I would lure the Skookum out of hiding, using myself as bait, and then trap it once and for all. I set out into the woods armed with my wits and my courage, and I waited for the monster to come. I could feel its presence, could hear its breathing in the darkness, and then with a roar it attacked. I fought the skookum with everything I had, and in that moment I knew that this was the fight of my life. The battle was long and brutal, but finally I was able to injure the monster. Unfortunately, Beast fled, and we never saw it again. In my case, the Ozarks were safe once again. I was hailed as a hero, but I knew that the real heroes were the people who had helped me, the people who had believed in me and given me the strength to face the monster. And though I was proud of what I had accomplished, I could never forget the fear and the darkness of that night when I faced the Skookum in the heart of the Ozarks. So I live in the rurals of Indiana, the United States. It's pretty stereotypical, gravel roads surrounded by cornfields, all that. It gets pretty spooky at times. Cornfields are creepy at night, and it always sounds like something is running through them. Dark, twisting shadows from trees in our yard. Occasionally weird animal calls. Yada, yada, yada. One time I forgot to feed the outside dogs during the afternoon, so I had to go out back and feed them even though it was dark out. 
When I turned around, I swear I saw a figure lumber over the peak of the roof behind the chimney like it was hiding from me. It terrified me, and I sprinted back inside, which actually felt more scary, considering I was running the direction of the thing I just thought I saw. But the real story comes from a few weeks before, and why that fleeting thought scared me so bad. So bit of backstory, my dog can best be described as a punk. He's a miniature schnauzer, but he thinks he's big and scary. He is fearless to a pretty stupid degree. We had a pack of coyotes walk through our empty field, and I had to sprint and tackle him to stop him from confronting the entire pack, growling and barking the whole way. Same story when he escaped the fence and went for a nearby neighbor's two angry boxers. So animals don't scare my stupid dog, and as I mentioned, he had gotten in the habit of escaping his fence. So one night, it's like 3 a.m., and he wakes me up and is whining and groaning and clearly has to go outside. Well, he had been escaping and I hadn't fixed the fence, so I hooked the leash on him and went outside. The motion light came on and I could see it's insanely foggy. The fog was so thick I could barely see the car in the drive, maybe 30 feet from where I was standing. So I was a little unsettled. But I take him out, and he does his business, and he starts sniffing around. And he kind of was whining, like he was smelling something weird, and he started circling and being agitated. Well, I thought I'd walk him through the yard to calm him down so I could go back to sleep. Well, like I said, he has never been scared of another animal. And his response to seeing anything is run up to it, barking. But he stopped and focused hard, and his breathing started going really fast. But he was standing close by me, not pulling on the leash. I followed his gaze, and I saw this dark figure, bigger than a person, lumbering across the yard. It almost looked like a large person, hunched over. Maybe on four legs, maybe not. Bear-sized. But I've never ever seen a bear anywhere near here. Cornfields and towns between two cities is where I live. No bears. The fact that he was clearly scared and didn't want to engage this thing, mixed with I couldn't tell what it was at all. I ran back inside, and he very happily followed, and he sat down once inside and just looked up at me whining like he was scared. Single most terrifying experience of my life. I was excited when my friends invited me on a camping trip to a remote area of the woods. It was going to be a fun adventure and a chance to disconnect from the stresses of everyday life. But as soon as we arrived, I felt a sense of unease that I couldn't shake. One of my friends, Jake, was of Native American descent, and he warned us about the legend of the Skinwalker, a shape-shifting creature that was said to haunt these woods. But the rest of us brushed it off as just a scary story and didn't take his warning seriously. As night fell, we settled into our tents and started a campfire. We laughed and told stories trying to enjoy ourselves, but I couldn't shake the feeling that something was watching us. That's when we heard the first strange noise outside our tent. It was a low growl, unlike anything I'd ever heard before. My heart began to race as the growling grew louder and more persistent. Jake's face turned white as he whispered, It's the skinwalker. I told you we shouldn't have come here. Suddenly, we heard the sound of something scratching at the side of our tent. We held our breath, waiting for whatever it was to make its next move. 
and then, with a deafening roar, the skinwalker attack. It tore through our tent with razor-sharp claws, scattering our belongings and sending us running for our lives. We fled into the darkness, trying to find our way back to civilization. But the skinwalker was relentless, chasing us through the woods with supernatural speed and agility. One by one, my friends fell to the creature's attacks, leaving me alone and terrified. I knew I had to face the skinwalker head, on if I wanted to survive. With nothing but a small knife in my hand, I stood my ground and prepared to fight. The skinwalker emerged from the shadows, towering over me with its twisted form and glowing eyes. In that moment, I realized the true horror of the skinwalker legend. It wasn't just a scary story. It was a warning, and now I was facing the consequences of ignoring that warning. With a burst of adrenaline, I lunged forward and plunged my knife into the creature's heart. It let out a blood-curdling scream and collapsed to the ground, defeated. But my victory was short-lived. As I made my way back to civilization, I realized that the skinwalker had cursed me. I could feel its dark magic coursing through my veins, transforming me into a creature of the night. And now, I am the new skinwalker, doomed to roam these woods for all eternity, stalking unsuspecting campers and seeking my next victim. I live in the lower parts of Michigan in a small township. Around my town there are little trails you can follow that can lead into deep forest or to act as a quick route to the other part of town. A couple of days ago I was on the trail to go into the deeper part of the woods. The sun had already set and I was using my flashlight for lighting while on my bike. I had this sitting area, a tree that's branch resembled a swing. I was putting my bike closer to the tree when I made eye contact, or at least I think it was its eyes with a creature. I didn't see much of its body, but I saw the face. It had a skull with thickish antlers. I probably stayed in my position for like five minutes until the thing screeched. I bolted it with my bike and returned home. I say possible Wendigo encounter because I'm not sure exactly if it was even an Wendigo. Can someone explain what I have made eye contact with? I am a Native American born and raised in a small village in the heart of the forest of Dakota. As an elder, I was happy that I lead one of the most peaceful tribes in Midwest, but all of that changed one fateful day when my son was taken from me. It was a warm summer evening, and my son and I were out gathering berries when we heard a strange noise. We didn't think much of it at first, but when I heard a branch cracking behind us, we turned and saw it. A monstrous creature with glowing eyes and sharp claws. It grabbed my son, punched me in the face, and disappeared into the woods before I could even react. I just fell unconscious. I spent all my life searching for my son's killer, but to no avail. As I grew older, I continued my search, spending every waking moment in the forest hoping to catch a glimpse of the monster that had taken my son. Decades passed, and I began to lose hope. I was an old man now, and my body was tired and worn, but I refused to give up. I knew that finding the monster that had taken my son was the only way to bring me peace. One day, 
As I was walking through the woods, I saw a flicker of movement out of the corner of my eye. I turned to face it and found myself face to face with the creature that had haunted my dreams for decades. It was unreal. It looked same as decades before. At first, I was filled with rage and fury. I had spent my whole life searching for this monster, and now I had finally found it. But as I looked into its eyes, something strange happened. I saw a glimmer of sadness and pain, and I realized that this creature was not the same as the creature I saw in my youth. As I was analyzing him, he just roared and disappeared in the woods. I spent the rest of my days living in the forest trying to find a creature that had once been my enemy. In the end, I realized that my quest for vengeance had been misplaced. The true meaning of life is not to seek revenge, but to find peace and understanding. And in that sense, I had finally found what I had been searching for all along. I am Mark, an FBI agent, and I work at a secret facility in Yosemite National Park. Our team's focus is researching paranormal and cryptid activity. Our work is top secret, and we are sworn to secrecy even to other government agencies. One day while on the job, I discovered something shocking. I was reviewing surveillance footage from one of our experiments when I noticed a strange figure in the background. At first, I dismissed it as a glitch in the system, but then I saw it again. It was Bigfoot. My heart raced as I watched the footage trying to process what I was seeing. This couldn't be happening. Bigfoot was a myth, a legend. And yet there it was, captured on our cameras. I knew that I had to report this to my superiors, but I hesitated. What if they thought I was crazy? What if they silenced me, or worse? But I couldn't keep this to myself. It was too important. I went to my supervisor and showed him the footage. He was shocked, but didn't seem surprised. He told me that Bigfoot had been a part of one of our experiments, but it had escaped months ago. They'd have been searching for it ever since. I was outraged. How could they keep this from us? How could they let something like Bigfoot roam free in the park, potentially harming innocent people? I decided to take matters into my own hands. I grabbed my gear and headed into the woods, determined to find the creature and bring it back to the facility. As I searched, the woods grew darker and eerier. The trees seemed to close in around me, and I couldn't shake the feeling that something was watching me. But I pressed on, following any sign of the creature's tracks. Finally, I spotted it. Bigfoot was standing in front of me, towering over me with its massive frame. Its eyes glowed in the darkness, and its breath was heavy with anticipation. I tried to speak to it to calm it down, but it was too late. Bigfoot charged at me with incredible speed and strength. I pulled out my gun and shot it, but it didn't stop. It kept coming, and I knew that I was in trouble. We battled for what felt like hours, until finally I managed to wound it enough to escape. I stumbled back to the facility, my heart racing and my body exhausted. I reported my unsuccessful hunt to my supervisor. My superiors were shocked when I showed them my wounds. They were in shock because they'd been searching for him for months and no one was closer than me in capturing it or killing it. 
Some colleagues even said that I was lying. Now, I was really determined to find that creature.